Lord, we thank you for the promise that you will renew our strength as we wait upon you. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts together be acceptable unto you. O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. It can be staggering the amount of time we spend in our lives waiting for something or someone. We grow frustrated and impatient in having to wait. Uh, Yet, we've become victims of our own culture of instant gratification. Such was the case for me this week as I was at the DDS, Department of Drivers Safety. And I got my number. And I gathered with all that congregation that had their number. And in that time of waiting to renew my driver's license, I had my birth certificate, my passport, and two uh, evidences of uh, Exhibit A and B that I actually live in Statesville. And, and as we were sitting and we waited and we waited and we waited, I need to tell you, we became community together. I got to know the, the names of the children next to me, and I, and I, I met a senior adult uh, next to me, and we began to talk in our waiting. Some things were happening while we were waiting. And the truth is, for many of us, we don't do well with long waits. There, there's something maybe in your life What is it that you're waiting on today? And you want it very badly. You want it to happen. You want it to unfold. You you want to see that person or do that thing. And yet you've discovered that you can't get it on your own wit. Or in your scheming, you've not been able to pull it off. And you don't have the financial resources to fund it. And you wonder if you have the endurance. And you thought you had the charm, but it's not working in getting to that thing you're waiting on. And you discover that only God can grant it. And He hasn't said yes yet. What are you waiting on? Are you in a season of waiting? You're in a season of waiting if you have some lines like this that come to mind. Or if you articulate them, if only I could get married. If only a son or a daughter would turn, my son, my daughter, turn their lives around and come back to God. If only that job would open up for me. If only my finances would turn around. Maybe you've said those kinds of words. Maybe you've expressed those kinds of things. And and that one thing you are waiting on. Just this week, someone said, I'm waiting on some lab reports related to a diagnosis. Another church member I visited in the nursing home and her mother was taking her final breaths. And she said, we, we know what's going to happen, and we know it's a struggle, and we're just waiting. 
We frequently live in the season of waiting. Most of us are waiting on something. Maybe it's a little thing. But for right now, for you, it really matters. And you think every day, God, if you can make the earth in six days, why do I have to wait six months? If you are all powerful, if you can pull it off immediately, why do I have to wait? So how should we deal with these moments of waiting? Well, Damon read for us the passage this morning where David is facing off with enemies and he's looking for the refuge that he needs and he finds his refuge in God. And what I love about this passage in the opening line, it says, let all that I am wait quietly. It's hard for us to wait quietly. But the other piece to that that's difficult, he says, let all that I am. What I find is there are moments where I'm a better waiter, 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 than others. I have more patience than other times. And also, there are parts of me that do a better job of waiting on that which is to come than other parts. Maybe my cognitive side says, yes, it's important to wait, but my emotions say, I want it right now. But he says, all that I am, I wait patiently before the Lord, for my hope is in him. For David, he was wanting to be delivered from his enemies. And maybe you feel that same way. All that I am, I wait for you. So how should we wait? Well, you have your message notes in front of you. I invite you to follow along as we look at healthy ways of waiting upon the Lord and being in these seasons of waiting. And one is to wait patiently. Oh, how hard that is. The Bible, though, is full of stories of men and women from cover to cover that learned the value of waiting. Noah, who waited a hundred years for a flood to come, and yet he erected an ark during that time, and yet we go all the way to Revelation and we find that John the Apostle is waiting in exile on the Isle of Patmos. And it was finally revealed to him a vision. He got a revelation, but it was a long wait. And so it's filled with with stories of men and women who who have had to wait. I think of Abraham. We're doing a study on Wednesday nights entitled Facing the Unknown. And we're looking at Abraham and Sarah and how they struggled with uh, fertility and and wanting to have a child. and, And upper 90s into 100 years old, God said, you're going to be a father. And Sarah laughed. And so they gave the name. God had them give the name Isaac to that child, which means laughter. God has a sense of humor, even after waiting. Waiting patiently is so important. And that process of waiting refines our lives. Metallers, um, people that study metals, and uh, develop them scientifically, find and discover that metal itself during the cooling down period is very, very important. If the cool down is too fast, it can cause microscopic cracks 
in the metal that will inevitably lead to fatigue and ultimately disaster because the metal has lost its integrity and strength. So to ensure that the cooling process aids in the strengthening, the metalist typically lowers the piece of metal into a quenching band. And at the right temperature, when the whole thing has been stabilized, and there is a uniform temperature throughout, it then is allowed to cool slowly in the air until it reaches the right temperature. The weighting is essential to ensure the metal's structural uniform strength to accomplish its purpose. And in the same way, our divine refiner builds into our lives qualities during the season of waiting. And an effectiveness unfolds as we wait. It is an inescapable segment that is a part of the process that God is doing all he can to make us the very best product we can be. In the book of Romans, there's a verse that says we, cannot, we can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials for we know that they're good for us. They help us to learn to be patient. And a patience develops strength. And strength brings character. Richard Hendricks says this, second only to suffering, waiting may be the greatest teacher and trainer in godliness, maturity, and genuine spirituality more than any other encounter. Second to suffering, waiting brings about a Christ-likeness in us to the point where we're able to say, Waiting patiently, we want to be still before you, Lord, in your presence. And we wait patiently for you to act. And so it's important for us as we move through a season of waiting to wait patiently, but also obediently. I don't know about you, but so often what I find is I go into a panic. I want to rescue the situation in my waiting. I don't do a lot of good waiting, and, and so I become impulsive. And that I may act inappropriately or do something inappropriately or say something inappropriate in the anxiety of waiting. And yet I think of the productive nature in which Noah, in his season of waiting, waiting on the flood, was obedient in crafting an ark. The story of Hannah is another wonderful story where she was married to Peninnah, and she had also in her family another wife by the same name, uh, by, by the same husband. And in the midst of that, here is one man with two wives, the other one is fertile, and she's having babies, one right after the other. And it says in Scripture that she would relate to Hannah bitterly. She would irritate her. Maybe you felt that way. Or something you've been waiting on has created a resentment. And it says that during that period of waiting, Hannah would go to the temple daily and she would pray. I pray that you will send me a child. 
And something happened to Hannah during that time of waiting. God heard her prayers. God answered her prayers. And he gave her a son. And that son's name was Samuel. In fact, two books are named in the Bible for him. What happened? Well, it was during that time that she was developing a prayer life. It was during that time of waiting that she was learning to trust God. It was during that time of waiting that she learned the value of obedience. And I really believe as a mother, as she was patiently waiting, the the image of Christ and the likeness of Christ was being built into her And that when that child would come, that child would be very, very special. She would invest in that child by the very character that she had developed in herself. That child would take on much of that same character. And he would anoint the first king, Saul. He would anoint David. Something was happening. It was a developing process. I really like what one person said. What occurs while you're waiting may be more important than what you're waiting on. What happens while you're in that process of waiting is far more critical than what you're waiting on. So how is it that God refines us to be faithful, to offer our worship to him, to be obedient in our waiting? Well, in Hebrews 12, there's a key. Looking to Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. So many times we look to other things in our anxiety and in the angst of waiting. But if we simply will look at Christ, we'll have our focus. It gives us a sense of stability. While we wait patiently for the Lord. While we wait obediently for the Lord. And while we wait expectantly. That's a word we've used. Damon is using that word. (laughs) And and families in our church who are expecting a child, they're waiting expectantly. And the scripture says in Psalms 105, I wait expectantly, trusting God to help, for he has promised. The wonderful thing for us in Christ is this, that while we wait, we have holy expectancy. That we can know that we live for a God that we can trust. That a God who has our best interests in mind and in front of us. And so we come. And we wait. And I guess in the midst of this, it's hard for us, isn't it? Because we want to take control. Henry Nowen tells the story about how he developed a uh, relationship with uh, some trapeze artists. And he said that there was a, they explained how there was a distinct difference between the catcher and the flyer. The flyer's job was to uh, dismount from a bar or some kind of structure and to place one's body in an arc shape and simply soar through the air, suspended only in the air. No other support. The catcher's job was simply to extend hands and to reach out. Now, 
accidents occurred, failure in the circus event would happen when the flyer would want to catch the catcher. (laughs) When the flyer would soar out and panic and start reaching anxiously at the catcher instead of just simply putting hands out, recognizing that it's an act of faith and finding the hands of the catcher to receive in a gentle connection. In the same way, there are many of us who feel like our feet are planted in midair. And we feel that there are those moments where we must trust God to be faithful, to provide for us what is best for us. And we simply say, God, I'm, I'm the flyer, and you're the catcher. Receive me, and I wait. So how long should I wait? I mean, Tim, if you're saying that we ought to wait Patiently, if we ought to be obedient in our waiting, uh, if, if it's something where we need to be expectant, I, I can do that. But how long must a heart wait? And then I think of the patience of God and how God has waited and waited and waited on me. He waited on me to, like a prodigal who needed to come home. And he waited and he longed for me and he he was persistent in his waiting until I came. And then he waited on me to respond to a call to ministry. And while there were moments of reluctance, he was patient and he waited. Oh, how, how long is the patience of God? How enduring is the patience of God? So maybe part of the answer is when we think about how long we should wait on the will of God, let's think about how long God waited on us and how he's still waiting. Some of you here today, he's waiting on you to respond. He's longing. You've come to church and you've been a good church member, but he's longing to really be in a a relationship with you. Or maybe you said, you know, God, I want you to be my Savior and my Redeemer. And he's waiting on you to take that next step and say, I want you to be Lord. I want you to take full control. And I think about how the Lord has waited on me and he still waits on me because I'll make a mistake. And he is patient. And then I'll make another mistake. And he is patient. And, and I wonder if he, if he wants to say to me, can't you find another creative way to make the same mistake? You keep making the same mistake. But he waits in his grace. And so how long should you wait? Well, let us wait as long as God would. But the other is this. At the bottom of your message notes, I encourage you to look at this passage. It's one of hope. It's one of expectancy. And it comes from Isaiah. And I want us to read this together. It's at the very bottom. Isaiah 40, 31. And I think it answers that question. How long 
shall I wait? Read it with me. But those who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. There's a message in that. That if we will be obedient and simply waiting, if we will be still and know that He is God, His voice will speak to us words that give direction. That He will allow something to unfold that will be that ultimate answer that we've waited on. But most of all, what we find is there's strength in Him. So that while we're waiting, we can know we're going to be all right. We're going to be okay. Because He's going to renew our strength. And He knows what's best for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.